This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I'm Ryan Morrison. And I'm Austin Hoffman. We're joined by Sheena Perez, one of the creators of Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion. We're going to talk about trademarks, things to worry about as an indie game developer, and the changes to Steam Greenlight. All this and more on Robot Congress. Austin, I'm here. I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, congratulations on making it all the way to the west up to the West Coast without dying. Who released a podcast episode by yourself last week? I'm a it big was, boy now. It was shocking that it was coherent. We actually got a lot of positive feedback. I expected people to say universally please, reviled. Please find a new co-host. Uh, but no, in fact, it, it went over really well, and uh, it was actually entertaining. I listened to it while I was driving, so kudos to that. And since I do travel quite a bit, uh, I think instead of us just missing episodes, we'll have Austin do Austin's thoughts whenever I'm not around or available. Because who wouldn't want to hear Austin's thoughts? Exactly. And Austin this week came prepared with a topic, which I couldn't believe. And it coincided very nicely with uh, Sheena, who we wanted to bring on. First, Sheena, say hello. Hi. How's it going? So you want to give a quick run through of what you do, who you are, and what you work on? Sure thing. Uh, my name is Sheena Perez, as Ryan said. Um, I also go by the alias like Billy two four two two on the internet. I am a game developer and uh, music comp- like composer uh, for video games. So and, that's pretty fun. And Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion is quite a successful game. So you are, do you want to brag, or do you want me to brag for you? You can you can brag because I don't want to look like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of the most successful games ever on Steam, certainly in the top 100. Uh, it's It has currently 8,131 reviews, overwhelmingly positive. Uh, everyone loves this game. It's it's You describe it as cute terror, but I showed Austin the trailer, and I think he said... Gina, you uh, have successfully made a game that I would never play. <laughs> it was Why? Too, Austin. That's, that's so sad. <laughs> I didn't play Doom because it was too scary. What? <laughs> and you can shoot things in Doom dead. You can shoot them dead and run around with thousands of pounds of equipment, but it's too scary for me to play. Austin's a very uh, different person. But I didn't soul. get through, what was it called? I didn't get through that really cool steampunk game because it was terrifying within the first Black half hour. Pepper? No, no, that, no, that, no, that, that's cyberpunk. No, uh, the, the steampunk game I where you're... Know. I know, what? I know. The one where the robots eat you. Now the oh. slicers, where you have a uh, what's it called? You're underwater. This is Bioshock. Yeah, Bioshock. <laughs> this is the first conversation. Yeah, I, I didn't ever get. Had. Yes, I this didn't get the, more yeah, than half the... an hour into Bioshock until there was a lady. She was talking to a, like a, a revolver in a in a cradle, and she was talking to it like a baby, and it was too creepy, so I stopped playing it. Referred to Bioshock, one of the most successful and critically acclaimed games of all time, as that Steam game. It's too creepy. Barely even on Steam. It's on everything. Okay. He says steampunk. It wasn't Steam says, specifically. Thank you. He said Steam. Is, he, he, said he did say steampunk. He said steampunk. Don't Rude. defend Austin. Could be removed okay. as a guest. Okay. All right. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you know, without. Uh, I mean, we can't get into too many details because uh, uh, that's actually how I met Sheena. I was her attorney in a trademark issue. Uh, an NDA was signed on that situation, so we can't discuss too many of the specifics. But long story short. Sheena found out the hard way that sometimes you can do nothing wrong and run awry of either bad people or bad laws. And as a result, Sheena had to change her game name 
to Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion. It used to be uh, Spooky's House of Jump Scares, correct? Correct. That's really and, different. Yeah, and since then we've been working with uh, Sheena and her uh, partner uh, Travis on a lot of different stuff to really shore up their defenses for any future nonsense. And oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's nice that I've spoken on quite a few panels with Sheena now, and I think collectively we've enlightened a lot of developers who would not have known otherwise. Uh, Sheena's also gone through Greenlight, and as of today, I believe the announcement was actually today, right? Uh, they, they started um, talking about it today. I don't know when it's, if it's actually implemented yet. I don't think so. I don't think it's implemented, but I, they announced it recently. Yes. But we're basically, instead of Steam Greenlight, how it's been for a while, which was uh, akin to uh, everybody votes for games they want. There was no clear-cut issue or, or way to get through it. It wasn't like reach X amount of votes and be on Steam. It was very kind of arbitrary who got in and who didn't. Uh, but now it's going to be replaced with you Steam pay a hundred dollars direct. You actually, yeah, Austin, you why don't you take us through how it works? Yeah, it's Steam Direct. So you basically have to pay a hundred dollars in order to get your game up. It has to be validated and all that kind of stuff. But uh, once you once the game makes a thousand dollars, you get the hundred dollars back. And I, uh, Steam was originally considering charging between $100 and $5,000 to get your game on the store. And inevitably, they decided to go with $100, uh, I guess, so it's the lowest barrier to developers. And I guess if you can't get $100 together to get your game on the Steam store, then it, there's an issue. I also would imagine that it's the price point that's easiest to steal from indies uh, that will never succeed with their game. And that's heartbreaking and terrible, but... You know, uh, the student who makes a game he's proud of that turns out to not be very good or infringing on something else or something that he can't actually sell, he can scrape together $100 and throw it on there. And then if it gets removed for the infringing material or no one ever plays it, he'll never get his money back. But Steam still, I, I mean, they'll explode with those $100 buy-ins, I believe. Uh, Sheena, you know the process better than us. How do you, Are we talking hundreds of games that are going to go on here, thousands or millions? Well, okay, so like first off, I'd like to mention how that's really interesting that you'll get your $100 back because the original process of Steam Greenlight had you had to pay one hundred just like a $100 fee and then you oh, could so you're submit... already paying that 100 with Greenlight. Yeah, you already yeah. So these, oh. I'm talking this I'm talking about the original Greenlight, but this gotcha. is why I said there's there's a huge difference and I'm kind of peeved, but at the same time I'm not. <laughs> So you pay the $100 and you only have to pay it once. You can submit as many games as you can, which is why our good buddies, and I say it sarcastically, uh, at Digital Homicide was able to put out a million games on Steam and on Steam Greenlight. They had about like 16 or 17 sitting on Greenlight. It's because you only have to pay the $100 fee and then you can upload as many game builds and all that, all that stuff as you want. But even after you made $1,000, you never got that $100 back ever. You didn't get it back. Well, um, uh, you've sold, you know, <laughs> millions of your your copy of your game. So I know you're you're a millionaire, correct? Oh, absolutely. That's just how games work. <laughs> your game, and your game's not free, right? Oh, know. oh, it is. Oh, <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. Um, but yeah. So that's um. So that's kind of interesting to me. But also, it was left. Um, the the original Steam Greenlight was left by the community. So then you so then the whole process is you you go through you pay your $100 and then seems like okay cool thanks. So then you they give you access to their developer portal. You have to sign a bunch of NDAs and all this other stuff and contracts and blah 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 and then you can start like 
submitting like a build to or like you can set up your green page your green light page and then just be like okay i need and they never tell you you have to have x amount of votes but they don't tell you how many votes which is also <laughs> kind of really confusing yeah exactly you have they go by like a vote system more with yes no or and then that's kind of the end of that story and so the problem with steam greenlight is that like we'll say you piss off like 4chan or something right or like 4chan doesn't like you so they can just get a bunch of people to downvote you and then basically your game isn't going to get greenlit because of this process or if you're like a youtuber a very very popular youtuber let's say like the game grumps or something like that decides to make a game because they have such a big positive fan following they could put a game out on greenlight and then they could immediately be greenlit within like a couple days it because be like what a it guy is jumping over 2d three pixel blocks and if it has the right following it'll get greenlit right exactly um i'd also just like to, t- to take an aside and, and uh say digital homicide was mentioned so digital homicide please don't sue us we don't have 18 million dollars <laughs> james <laughs> remind and robert remind please don't sue us also 4chan was mentioned please don't downvote us please don't <laughs> give us one star reviews thank you 4chan will do <laughs> what 4chan <laughs> wants to do we're at your mercy please don't do it really are no. Uh, so, so current in the current mode of Greenlight, was that hundred dollar entryway still there, or was it you put up whatever you want on Greenlight, and uh, if you get voted in, good. If not, sorry. It was. It was just you only had to pay it the once, just to get access to gotcha. the like the Steam Greenlight was thing. Was there a you only had to pay time that once. you had to get votes in over? Or? No, you could. There was games on Greenlight that have been there for like a year and a half or something like that and just be done with it like but as the as steam started to care less and less about green light it's the process started to get slower and slower because originally it was it was an it was actual people that were saying like yes this goes on steam no this does not go on steam because spookies the original spookies was greenlit within five days and we and i was able to access the portal yeah but not really (laughs) because it's a perfect example because the original spookies was green light with greenlit within five days and I was able to put the game out like a couple days, maybe I think a couple weeks later versus the HD renovation of Spookies that has like Oculus Rift and all this other stuff. Available now for your VR headsets. Yes, for yeah, for Vive and for uh, Oculus. Hey, um, that one, we it, it took us like two months to get greenlit. Which doesn't make sense because you're like, well, people know Spookies, people like Spookies. Why did this take so long? Well, because there's a robot that batch like approves things on steam or a person or one single person i can't i don't i don't know. or a robot person the worst Maybe kind robot of person congress mm. ah. <laughs> no they're busy so, in the white house <laughs> so then yeah and so spooky's hd took about like a month and a half two months to get greenlit like even just the process of greenlit even though we even though we already had all the votes and all that other stuff it was because somebody had to go and actually physically approve it at valve whether it'd be one person or a robot so it's lonely computers sitting in the back of a corner of a huge room and somebody walks by like oh oh okay yeah okay i I guess i guess i can hit that button and so i i hate Greenlight turned Steam. I used to love to go onto Steam and browse around and find a game I wanted to play. Greenlight turned it into the App Store. There's just uh, I, I appreciate that now you can find an indie game in whatever direction you want, but there's just too much. There's no vetting. There's no understanding of what you're looking at. Uh, they they put in uh, different ways to try to search through it, and and you know I can go and see what Austin likes. A uh, Austin, you should, become, you should become a curator, Austin. Oh but, yeah. Uh, 
You should. People always want to play your stupid games. You want to shut up about. I'm a tastemaker. So- <laughs> I talk and people listen. Yeah, uh, but but I think this is I don't know if this is better or worse or honestly just exactly the same. But I do like that they're at least looking at it because Greenlight was just getting too ridiculous. Uh, Sheena, you, you're on the developer side. Do you think it helped or hurt having the Greenlight process there? I personally think it hurt. <laughs> if you if you want me to be 100 percent honest, I think it hurt so much because it's 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 like. It's a good comparison with like YouTube as well. Like, you know, every anybody can be a YouTuber. That doesn't mean you should do it. And that doesn't mean like you're like I'm not trying to say like people shouldn't make games and oh, do no, all this other just, stuff. You're destroying dreams right now. <laughs> I know. It's really not great. But like just like Ryan said, like your Star Wars clone or your your Sonic, you know, fan game might not be as good as you think it is. And so you're basically just taking up like a, a space that like a game, a good game with potential possibly could have had, if that makes like any kind of sense. Yeah, it does. I'm pretty sure and, my, and... Son- my, my Pokemon Racers game is not just Pokemon plus Sonic. It, it It's a unique game and it falls under fair use. <sighs> don't, oh, don't, no. don't say fair use. Please. I'm starting uh, to get angry about it now. <laughs> but it does, it does burn you out. I mean, if I go download yeah. that, that game, that's not good from a developer who has no business on there just because he paid a hundred dollars and got through uh, it makes me not want to try another one. You know, it, 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 if there's no barrier of entry, then every random Joe's who's learning game dev and puts out his crappy test project is going to, you know, ruin your library, <laughs> ruin your wallet potentially. So it's, it, it is scary that that is still the way it's going to be. It looks like uh, valve did uh, say that they're going to look for specific places where human eyes can be injected into the store algorithm so that the, you know, so that like crap games aren't all making it in. Um, I don't know where they're going to inject human eyes in a computer, but it sounds interesting. Well, I, I think there needs to be a human eye element and it's the same thing that we saw happen with uh, hatred or massacre or whatever that stupid game was uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Hatred. Yeah. You know, that was somebody saying this is too ridiculous for the store. I don't care. It's doing well in green light. And, you know, again, kudos to that. We already did an episode on that. But it's it's uh, th- there needs to be some kind of human. This isn't good enough for Steam. Steam needs to class itself up a bit. As you can see, other industry, other uh, game companies are coming into this space now. We're, we're going to see better stores from Microsoft. We're going to see better stores from Apple. We're going to see better stores from, uh, I mean, even Uplay and Origin are going to eventually not be the abysmal terror that they are today. Uh, and are you the, sure not Uplay to mention is not just going to sink of... under the water and become no more? Well, I think Uplay is going to uh, eventually <laughs> just destroy enough computers where they're, <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. But they, there are exclusive titles on there still, and it is what it is. Uh I don't know. I, I I'm not a fan of them, but or I but that's stupid. I, I it is a stupid opinion of mine that I want everything on Steam because as convenient as that is for me, oh yeah, it gives it's, it's all, terrible for competition. But exactly, but it's it gives just, if I buy a game on Steam, I don't want to have to open it up and you play. Exactly, and it, and yeah. opening Steam and having everything there is very nice. But it also gives Valve all the power to not iterate, to not make anything better and to not stay on top of the game, which you could argue they have not been doing the past couple of years with green light, just being the flood of nonsense. It is. Uh, but we, I mean, you even see destiny going to Battlenet. That's huge. Yeah. Oh, starts sorry. bringing on other games. That's, <laughs> that's game changing. They've never done that. So could, who can rival valve blizzard certainly can. 
don't I don't see them going the full library route, but this could be a test run for that. I I interrupted I interrupted you earlier, Sheena. What were you gonna say? I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say like there's there's other you know like store services even just like for you know for PC you know like GOG and like itch.io you know and all this other kind of stuff. I like feel that, so too, bad where... for GOG because it's like they're the good guys, but I keep buying stuff on Steam instead. Because GOG yeah, is like well, fully DRI. GOG, GOG GOG is more they're 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 serious. They are some very serious people on what goes and does not go on their service. Oh yeah, it's like they're very hard at everything on there Oops. is DRM free and it has a ton of games that I love, but I keep buying stuff on Steam so everything's on one place. It's awful. Yeah. I'm a terrible person and a hypocrite. No, I'm do I do the same thing. I'm I'm guilty of the exact same thing. Yeah. So because it it's just it's brutal as as a developer because you know, I could have put my game like on itch.io or something like that, but like Steam is the biggest platform for PC. I have no choice. Can you really fidget spinner? Uh, uh, I, I heard yes. the spinning a little bit. I heard the spinning. And you know what? Yeah. I've I've never heard of itch.io. I don't know if that is Are you uh, yeah. Uh, does that say something about me or itch.io? Yeah. It says something about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, that's that's another game platform. Yeah, it's another. Don't even entertain him. No, seriously. Uh, okay. Like I should have heard about this. You, it's 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 just another place where you can buy like games and stuff. A lot of indies use it, especially like indie horror games. They, oh, they use that, that explains website. Why I'm not on there. <laughs> no, there's other games too. Um, yeah, games on there. Anything. The web, is on there. Is the website scary? Like horror game scary? Like, am I no. going to go to itch.io and I'll be scared by just the website because they have so you know many what? Yes. horror games on yes. there? Yes, there's going to yeah, there it's going to just jump scare you at the start. Like a pop up window is going to come up and scream at your face. At atmosphere can also kill it. Like it, like if I'm terrified because they have like lots of dark, scary colors and they have music that's going on. Red it doesn't even have scary. to be jump. Oh my god! And they could just jump scare out with like scary games. That would be awful and terrifying. I'm not going to that <laughs> website. And for everyone who just unsubscribed, I didn't. I'm I'm not a fidget spinner. -er. I just it came with something I bought on Amazon, and now I can't stop spinning it. So I, I guess I am a fidget spinner. -er. <laughs> I borrowed I a kid's at work last night, <laughs> and it it didn't seem crazy. It didn't seem like something I would buy myself. It you just don't get it, man. It's a lifestyle. I'm not spinning. You're I, not... I oh my god, stop, <laughs> stop. Wait, Sheena, did you say you bought one? I I did buy one, but I didn't buy it for me. I bought it for my boyfriend. Oh, it was, was for just research like, purposes, right? No, no, it was for meme purposes. <laughs> you gotta. You my my boyfriend is a big meme lord yeah, on the yeah. internet. He really asked more than he really is. <laughs> so uh, he was like, "Buy this for me because I want a meme with it." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> whatever." And that concludes uh, everything an indie needs to know. No, I'm kidding. We're, we're <laughs> stop talking about fidget spinners. Buy fidget All spinners. Right. So we've we've talked about this before, but it's rare that we actually get a developer who's gone through this stuff who is able and willing to talk about it. So the green the green light stuff aside, there's a lot of things you have to do to start your company the right way, to take your take your game seriously the right way, and to protect yourself from, like I said, the bad people and the bad laws out there. Sometimes you see a bigger company come after you because they have to, because the law says they have to do something like defend their trademark or something like that. Other times you see just terrible people in this industry, unfortunately, or other industries who come in and they see easy targets and they ask for things that are completely ridiculous because of overreaching, either considering their own trademarks are overreaching or, or just to cause problems because they want quick settlements here and there. Uh, 
that all that aside, you can defend yourself very well and very easily up front. Uh, the list we usually tell everybody, which we'll go through, is a trademark for your game name, trademark for your company name, a contractor agreement for all the contractors you work with, an employment agreement if you actually have employees, a terms of service, a privacy policy, a non-disclosure agreement, and finally, a company. And there are certainly more things you might need or want, but those are the main kind of pool of things. Let's quickly go through each one. Uh, Sheena, I don't th- even think you have all of these because not everyone needs all of them. But I do not have all of them. I was sitting here and I was listening to the list and I was like, oh, no. Oh, I'm missing <laughs> oh, things. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I can't things. have games anymore. <laughs> no, but you don't need all of them. So, the, the uh, I mean, most people do. You're in a weird situation where you don't I, necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you guys do everything yourself, which is, you know, rare. Uh, So, cool. Let's start at the top. The first and foremost, the trademark. The trademark is different than a copyright, is different than a patent. Those three words are not the same thing. A copyright protects your assets. It protects your art, your code, stuff like that. Anything long form usually is the way to look at it or more of your creative assets. The trademark protects your actual name or logo. The trademark is your brand and therefore probably more important. The trademark is what people will know you by. It's what you spend the most money defending and 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 going after people with. Uh, it's, it's the number one thing we always tell people, please make sure your trademark. In fact, I became video game attorney and be, got in the game space over trademarks with Candy Crush uh, when they trademarked Candy and Saga and we're going after various studios. Uh, so the the trademark process is fairly complicated. The search to do one and make sure you're doing it right is an important one. LegalZoom has an abysmal passage rate because LegalZoom doesn't actually help you with it. Trademarks are one of the things that I always recommend getting a lawyer for. If you want to get a boilerplate non-disclosure agreement off the internet, if you want to file your own copyright, those are all stuff you can figure out yourself. They're super easy, but a trademark use a professional for, and the rest of the stuff on this list use a professional for. And that's basically it. Trademarks don't require a lot more than that. They're they're super important. They protect your brand, and, and that's that. Uh, Sheena, do you use contractors at all? Uh, yes. And what do they do for you? So you you have a two person team currently. What what how, uh, how many contractors usually come in and out of the process? How long do they stay? Et cetera, et cetera. For the non game developer listener. Um. So I I actually have to like sit here and think about it. We we have like several contractors that come in and out. One of them is we had a we had a contractor for our 3D models. Um. So and he was there from the I think for about three months. Um. And you know on things like that. So he basically he made he made our models. We gave him like a de- like our deadlines and you know and things like that. So he was there for the three months that it took us to make the game the the HD remake. Uh, and so he was he was only there for that. And then he's we you know, we did our payments and all this other stuff and then he's gone. Then we have um, and that was a one time contract right. or like a contractor deal. So then our other contractors, we have two other ones and those are our QA, our extra QA, because otherwise it's just Travis and I. So we wanted to a couple other people. So we have um, two QA on contractor right now. And they're basically just um they're going on until the project is completely 100% done. So that's like on a monthly thing that we reevaluate if we still need them or not. And, and so we do that monthly. Yeah. And the that. contractors are such a crucial part of this industry as a whole. 
very few games. I mean, I can think of three off the top of my head only that don't use contractors. Uh, it's super common. They come in and, and exactly like Sheena said, they might be there for a long project or a shorter one, but they do important things. And unfortunately, most of this industry doesn't use actual contracts with it. Without an actual contract, that contractor owns everything they're making. So let's say I want to pay Austin $5,000 to do the art for my game. I would send him an email and say, hey, Austin, I need this, this, and this for art. Here's $5,000. You would say, cool, here's the art. I would love to do art for your game, yes. And that, and that would be it. And we would each go on our way. Then down the road, that contractor finds out, hey, wait a minute. It turns out I still own all that art. And this happens more than you think. And it's yes, it's a terrible thing, but it does happen. And it's legally their right, even if not morally the right thing. Austin would come back to me and say, hey, we never signed anything. I know your game launched and it's doing well. So either give me 50% of the revenue or take all my art out of it. And that's terrible because normally it's so such a crucial part of the game that I can't just take it down. I'm losing sales if it's down, even if I can take it down and change it. Uh, and, and the the artist or the contractor knows the power they have there, and and it, they're they're using it more and more. Uh, what changes all that? What makes it super simple is getting a contractor agreement. Go to your local friendly video game attorney in whatever city you live in and find a contractor agreement with them, and it'll very clearly say, "Austin, I'm paying you five thousand dollars in exchange for ownership of your art that you're sending me." Do not just put that in an email or a Skype message and assume that's good <laughs> enough. Because I believe me, that happens all the time. Get a real contract and do it right. It'll save you a lot of money in the long term. And those contracts are good for all your future contractors too, usually. So get a good a, a good contract from an attorney and, and use it. I was a contractor for QA, actually. See, QA contractors are very important. They're Did you very, sign very a contract? Important. I don't think so. But I don't I think also, you did either. But I also funny. don't think that I could pull on any of the, the work that I did because it was all, you know, just QA work. I got Austin oh. a job at the game studio I used to work at, Sheena. And uh-huh. I got him a job. They said it, it was to test this mobile game. He was QA. And they would give him levels and things to do and try to yeah. break it, basically. Right. And I go over to his desk and I see that he has the iPad plugged into the wall, charging, sitting on a pile of books behind him. And he's on Facebook on his computer. No. Day and not getting him hired. Oh my God! Yeah, uh, you love you love bringing up that one time, and not when I have the eight <laughs> devices in front of me playing the same levels, trying to break them. That's so funny. That's it so was it, it's it's Quintus, and then uh, do you want to tell him? Uh, no, that's, that's good. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, no, Austin actually wound up staying there longer than I did. They really liked him. He, that, but that that was just a funny, what? funny it anecdote. Was it was a sweet ride while it lasted. What? No, I became a lawyer and pieced out of there. I'd, I'm not working in games anymore. Are you kidding me? I was a lawyer. Hey, listen, lawman, you know uh, that I have, you know, you wrote my contracts the for whole my contractors, world. so you know I use them. <laughs> you know I have them. I was out of the game studio. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. I love it here. This is the coolest job in the world. Uh, all right. Next on the list, the uh, terms of service and privacy policy, often grouped together, often on the same link on a website, but two very different documents. The terms of service is the 70 pages of stuff that no one ever reads and everyone clicks OK to. For whatever reason, I don't think it should be, but it is legally binding. You're allowed to put whatever you want in there, and as long as the person's using the website and agrees to it or the program or the game or whatever, they are bound by it. Uh, That means it's usually the best way 
to remove any chance of a lawsuit from your users. It, it's where you would put things like, we don't give refunds. We don't care if our servers go down. That, that was a big thing I remember when we played World of Warcraft, Austin. If the game was ever down for service, there'd always be the guy in the guild who would say, hey, I pay $30 a month and it's down for two days, so I want my money back for those two days. It doesn't work like that because in the terms of service you agree to, it says this game might be down all 30 days. It sucks for you. You're you're paying a subscription unrelated to game time. And there's an endless other amount of clauses like that that you would put in there. It's a good thing to have. Austin, have you ever read a terms of service? Uh not a full one, no. I've probably read a total of three paragraphs between the thousands. What do you think? Thousands? Hun- tons of thousands that, that you know you come to agree to as you go through life? Last I looked is it would take you nine days to read through every terms of service you agree to per day. Wow, what? Wow, that's... Fair. I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> that's why it shouldn't be legal, but it currently is. Uh, so have fun with that. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, so that's very that's in a, a very important document for every game developer to have. It just you know it keeps you safe in a lot of ways. Uh, it's different, kind of when you're through Steam and Valve, you can have a more strict one, but they kind of give you a base one to work with. Uh, and the privacy policy, on the other hand, is is it discloses what you track. So the terms of service is there to protect you. The privacy policy is there to protect the player, even though again the players never read a privacy policy. Uh, the government randomly destroys companies that get caught without a proper privacy policy, whether it's over-inclusive or under-inclusive. So don't just take Disney's and think you have a good one. Uh, the privacy policy needs to very explicitly say what personally identifiable, personally identifying information you track. And that is a term of art. That's a legal word, uh, personally identifying. You can Google the list. But if you're tracking any of that, you need to disclose it, and you disclose that in the privacy policy. Uh, if you don't have one, the FTC could ruin you, and I, I do not wish that upon anyone. That's messed up. Actually, I think we talked about that once before, where they, they'll just go around stamping out uh, random companies that don't have the right stuff. And instead of up. yeah, instead of finding everyone a little bit, they're they're going around and finding a couple people, all of it, destroyed. and that made, destroyed. Well, scary, yeah. Uh, you can actually see on their website what they do and who they do it to. Uh, the, mm. the Europe's being even scarier now. They've raised the age uh, for COPPA to 16, I believe, and they're making a privacy policy a mandatory thing to be on Google app stores and European app stores. Sorry, and only COPPA is the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, and it says that you are not allowed to track any information from someone who is 12 or younger and like I said, the age is going up in Europe, but the it, it's what those age gates exist for and et cetera, et cetera. You can't just kick someone out of the website. You have to give them kind of a play now version of the game where nothing is tracked. Uh, it's it's very rarely done the right way. It's a very confusing area of law. But if you make a children's game, you you better talk to an attorney because that is – that's when you actually see Lives Ruined is, is over COPPA. It's it's not a nice thing. Sheena, is your uh, game a, a kid's game? Uh not necessarily, no. Um we've been enough. asked we've been asked it's about I think maybe like a thirteen plus recommended kind of thing. It, it, there ha- is it has like, like some cute There is like stuff fantasy there's I've cute ghost stuff, but I've seen there's like, it's thirteen plus mandatory and it's a mixed yeah. game. Yeah. 
13 plus mandatory and it's got yeah. like it's got fantasy violence and a, and a lot of other stuff like that so but you don't track data really anyway right wait what's up huh no, you're not drm or anything you don't track data they they no. download no we don't track no we we are drm free no we don't then, are we a phone app then it doesn't <laughs> then it doesn't matter you can you can be whatever age you want oh there you uh, go <laughs> <laughs> uh but cool so that that's the long and short of the the big stuff uh, a company is a, is a nice way to protect yourself if you are sued, but all these other things help you prevent, help you not be sued in the first place. So the company has a liability shield usually, although a lot of game developers don't do it right. Uh, the, the, it's cheaper to go to the state website. Again, if you use LegalZoom, you're an idiot. Just that's, that is a website for idiots, in my opinion. Yeah, you're a lawyer. Of course you'd say that. Or you can do it yourself for free. If it's simple enough to do through LegalZoom, it's simple enough to research yourself and do it. If it's too difficult to figure out on LegalZoom without looking at their guides and things, then it's too difficult for LegalZoom and you should get a lawyer. Uh, that That's a good rule of thumb. But in LLC formation, you can usually go to the state website and figure it out. The downside with that is they're not going to walk you through what an operating agreement is. They're not going to walk you through how to properly keep and maintain your bank accounts and all your assets separately. And if you're not doing all that stuff, you may as well not have an LLC. Uh, that liability shield just kind of disappears. So it's you know it's something very important. And again, I just can't recommend enough every game developer have an attorney and have an accountant. Uh, we won't get into taxes because I don't know what those are, but very few t- <laughs> game companies pay them properly. <laughs> and they really need, you should have an accountant just as much as an attorney. What did I forget on my list? Uh, you don't you have a list? No, I just I don't I don't have a list. But it sounded like you were reading it from a list, like you were a smart man. You did sound gonna... like you were. Yeah, it did sound like you were reading it from a list. Oh, you're oh you're you're a big cheater. Were you cheating? Were you actually were you actually reading it from a list? You're just you just, you're just saying. I think you, you went through the list, Ryan. I think I you. Swear I swear I wasn't reading from a list. Oh, but my point is, is that everything that you named, I think you got through it all. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right, then let's just continue. <laughs> are we going to see like an insane number of games now that they were? I mean, because they already required a hundred dollars, but it was like a hundred dollars, and then they and then essentially, oh, you're okay. You're a game developer. You can put stuff on Steam Greenlight, and now it's a hundred dollars forever. Per game. Wait, uh, is it one hundred dollars per game? Oh, I, I, I'm I'm not sure. I thought it was a hundred dollars a game. That's how I read it. Was that it's a hundred dollars per game? Yeah, so then they changed it to, okay, so then, yes, yeah. Uh, because... we'll need to pay $100 per individual game. Oh, that's so interesting. But again, I still think it's going to result in more games on there. Yeah. This uh, is, this uh, I, it'll, no, I think it'll lessen it, but not by much. Not by, like, a, like, a huge difference. Oh, man, I want to see Dwarf Fortress on Steam. I mean... <laughs> I hey listen I love Dwarf Fortress I, I had an old boss at Zynga who was convinced Dwarf Fortress doesn't exist what I was like, <laughs> yeah he hates Dwarf Fortress I start playing Dwarf Fortress again every like six months and every time I do I donate $20 why, because why are they... you a sad man I what oh my god there's so many reasons <laughs> it is the worst game it is the what? worst game. The, Dwarf Fortress is an incredible game. How could you think you it's might the as worst well game? play like if you if you want to play just something so convoluted, you might as well play like Goblet Grotto or something like it's that. Not convol- <laughs> it's not at all convoluted. Once I, I understand it has a high barrier to entry, but it has a very helpful wiki. And the, like starting the game, it's it's oh, not I bad. Once you, <laughs> what? It it's it's a fantastic game, and it 
Ah, and it's it's so great, and it's free. And, and but beyond that, it's it's such a a deep game, and you have so much fun building your fortress, getting immigrant dwarves in, fighting goblins, and maybe pissing off elves, and then fighting the elves because you sold them a piece of wood, and they they can sell wow, wood, but, dwar- but dwarves can't sell wood. <laughs> I don't know why dwarves can't sell wood, but freaking elves can. And then the humans get angry at you because you're fighting the, the elves, and they, they like send like children. I don't know what. Austin, Austin, Austin. It's not that. It's a bunch of circles. And like a green triangle. It's a universe of imagination. <laughs> There's nothing in the game. He's, <laughs> here's here's where a contractor artist should have been hired. Okay, Ooh. first of all, they have free they have free they have uh, free like skins for the game that people make anyway. And because like I don't garbage for garbage people, I don't play the core graphics. All right, and if I'm, I'd started I, playing with core graphics, then I might be able to. But at this point, I'm spoiled, and I use the really cool like little tiny artsy uh, like icons that people make for the game, and it's it's amazing. It's an amazing game. <laughs> <laughs> so she, <laughs> yes, that's me. Gina, what advice would you have for <laughs> game developers just who are starting out or or they haven't hit your level yet? You know, what what it, what did you learn the hard way or what do you wish you did differently? It doesn't even have to be legally. Just kind of what advice in general do you have for the the little guys out there trying to become the next Gina? <laughs> what? Who wants to be me? That's the scariest thing. You don't want that. But like all jokes aside, um seriously get a get a lawyer. <laughs> get an attorney man do the do the legal stuff and it's like annoying because you don't want to talk to a lawyer because what if they're mean and they don't care they're always they mean to, none of them care you know what i mean right. his name, tell them how nervous you were the first time you emailed me no <laughs> okay so 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 and it just i'm gonna tell the story obviously you're gonna leave out some details you know because ndas and things but like so, you know, here's just here's just little baby me because, you know, I didn't know anything. So just a little baby me. I was like, oh, I'm going to put my game on Steam like because we it was on Game Jolt and like IndieDB. So I think it's time that we be a big boy and like put the stuff on Steam. OK, cool. Oh, we got greenlit. Awesome. Yay. Like this is a free game. Nobody's going to mess with me. It's free. It's not I'm not doing anything wrong. Like I don't you know, everything is fine. So then I wake up one morning and it's like 10 a.m. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's time to roll over and check the emails and Twitter and all that stuff. So I check my email and I get this very long, very long, long email that's like, hey, we're these people. We have the trademark for this and this. You need to take your game down or we're going to forcibly do that, basically. is just, And I was like what and the like and this was from this game studios like attorney so this is like a real thing and i was like no so then i like scroll down to the bottom and i immediately google this attorney to see if it's legit or if it's somebody just doing like scare tactics no it was legit and i basically had a meltdown and i was just crying and sobbing for like 10 minutes oh and i was God. like oh this is the worst thing and i was just panicking because i've never dealt with a legal thing before and so i was like i don't know what to do like my game is free why is this happening to me i don't have money for an attorney what is going on i don't know what to do so my roommate who's go go figure is now like my business partner uh travis he's like sheena shut up t- like take this xanax and like <laughs> just relax it was prescribed from a doctor it was. For, it actually is prescribed from a doctor. It actually is. I did. It, it is. It is. 
Um, he was like, just take your medicine. Shut up. I, I have an idea. And I was like, what is your idea? Just I'm ugly crying at this point. He's like, <laughs> well, there's like, you know, there's this guy. His name is like the video game attorney on Reddit. And I was like, that sounds stupid. Like, how do you, how <laughs> do you dumb coin name. that? I was like, how do you coin that? Like, video game attorney. That's not real. It's not a real thing. He's like, oh, Sheena. But it is. I watch this guy's <laughs> Reddit all the time. And I was like, well, okay, whatever. I don't even care right now. Just give me a stupid email. <laughs> so, so Travis is like, Sheena, just chill. And then gives me this email. And then I write to Ryan. And I'm just like, Actually, Ryan. Travis wrote the email to me because you were too nervous to, from what I understand. Um, no. So I wrote it and then he just like reread it just to make sure you couldn't hit the send button. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I was like, I just typed this up where I was just like, Ryan, like Mr. Morrison, please help me. I don't know what's going on. Like, is this, do I need to worry about this? Like, I understand whatever. And so Ryan is like, emails me back and he's like, Hey, this is really interesting. Yeah, I'll help you. And then we got in, we got on to a phone call, and then we talked it out, and you know, yada yada, and the rest is kind of history. But terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it was. It, you got one of the worst ones too, where it it was Why from. A, me? <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, you hit all the check marks. You were a free game. You didn't steal your name, but you hit somebody else's. Kind of you hit their trademark in a, in a broad enough sense where they had a giant law firm that knew they could bully you. And it, uh, you know, it was it was a very terrible situation. So, you know, glad you did reach out. Glad we are now friends. And it's, uh, you know, a good story for everyone else to know for sure. Uh, also, if anyone out there is looking for QA, Austin is looking for work. Sure, I'll play your game. I'll play, I'll play <laughs> Facebook. Listen, I no, broke I the heck it. out of that game the first day. You did, uh-huh. I remember that. But, yeah, other than just, like, legal stuff, um, you know, just have your have your bases covered on, you know, on just different things. Like, is this is this, like, a passion project that you actually want to work on? Or is this just, like, some fan game thing to kind of up your you know, your game, so to speak, on how to write code and, you know, and things like that. And you just need to figure out, like, what is worth it to you to put in a lot of effort. Because the thing is, is game dev is not cheap. That's the first thing I'll actually tell you. That's my first piece of advice is game dev is not cheap. It's very, very not cheap. Um, Working on Spooky's HD, basically, my business partner and I had to live off of our savings from other game studios that we worked at because, you know, it's it just it's not there's not some investor or some dude that's like paying us to to work on this like passion project of ours this is this is money that is coming out of both of our pockets not to mention if you do if you play the smart game and you want to go through the you know the safe route and get an attorney and all that stuff they're not cheap either um neither is you know like you know for unity for instance if you work in unity there's like the there's personal unity, which that one is free, and but you can't. It, but it, you can't. You're if you put your game live, it can't make more than X amount of dollars, or else you're in trouble with Unity, and you basically owe them money. So then you have to. So then if you're like, oh well, I think my game will make this m- amount of money, then that means you have to pay for Unity Professional, which is about five, six hundred dollars, something like that, for like a license and all this other stuff. And you know, and other, you know, other. Um, Engines do that too. Unreal Engine is the same way. Um, after you reach, after you make a certain amount of money barrier, then it's now considered professional and not personal, and then you have to owe them money. 
And, you know, and so you have to sit there and you have to think of all these like logistics and things like that, um, you know, money wise as well. So like game dev isn't cheap and it's not as easy as everybody makes it seem. It's actually extremely hard. And, you know, it's not it's not as easy as, you know, drag and drop or like, you know, just click on this and then it just magically works. No, you're going to you're going to be in Visual Studio a lot fighting with a lot of code and you know and things like that so like one and it is what it is sounds like <laughs> heaven <laughs> yeah i mean if that if, if like money problems is your your ideal heaven i suppose yeah, no, i guess we're having ramen listen, again it can be a great thing and people i mean the people that do it love it and you just have to realize that it is a job it is a commitment that i i say all the time the law doesn't view hobbyists as any different than professionals. You shouldn't either. Don't you know? If you want to be a hobbyist in games, that's fine. You just have fun messing around with it. But if you want to release a game and, and go all out with it, then it becomes a job. Yeah, don't treat yourself as a hobbyist. You're not anymore. No, you're uh, not. It's it's a full job. I I believe it or not. I you know it's like you're an indie dev. You can work whenever you want. It's like yes, but you know like working as an indie, you also have to have a lot of discipline, like a lot of it. Because if you don't, your game's not going to get done. Like Travis and I put like eight hours a day, like even on weekends. Like the first, like it took it took us three months to rebuild Spookies from the ground up in Unity, plus add other new features like VR support and all this other stuff. Which are like, whoa, three months. It, games aren't e-. no, that's so easy. That's so quick. It's like yes, it was quick because we didn't take weekends. We were literally working from like eight to twelve hours a day every single day including the weekends like and sometimes it was even more i remember i was in like a manic mode and i ended up working for a whole solid 24 hours which (laughs) Which is unhealthy which is very (laughs) unhealthy and i don't recommend it so where can people download this game now uh you can get on steam (laughs) and is it the the vr name again in full um spooky's jump scare mansion hd renovation and highly recommend it it's for vive and oculus and uh it truly is fun. I mean, you can go look at the reviews. We're not promoting it because she's just on here. It's it's an awesome game. And I recommend you all download that. And Sheena, what is your Twitter? My Twitter is psychobilly2422. Yeah. And we'll tweet it out with the show. As always, you can follow me at Mr. Ryan Morrison. You can follow me at Robot Austin. And you can follow the show at Robot underscore Congress. Sheena, it was great talking to you. It was great talking to you guys. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry I will never finish your game. That's okay, I guess. I'm a little heartbroken, but that's fine. Uh, we can't be friends. That's fine. That, yeah, I, I, well, I'll be sad about it. Good night. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>